Patrick, how are you, buddy? Good, good. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. We're always here. Yeah. Today, I want to I want to tell you about an idea. It's something that I've faced, the problem that I've faced in the past, and I reckon this is a pretty good one that maybe Patrick, you and I should uh, do ourselves, maybe with Rodney as well. Cool. So the problem I want to just outlay is many companies now they've got a workforce that's distributed. You know, it's spread across multiple offices, um, either within the same city, across cities or different states, or across countries. So remote, flexible working, you know, it's probably become more accepted, more broadly accepted with COVID. Companies can choose employees that really match what they're looking for from across different cities. So that those ge- geographical barriers are kind of gone. So remote, flexible working, it's it's here to stay, and these multiple offices in different jurisdictions, but the problem with those multiple offices is that these people aren't in person, right? So the culture, individual relationships, they can be hard to build, hard to maintain. There's few opportunities for these informal hallway type conversations. You, know, you can't just run into someone and, and ask how their weekend was. You can't just schedule a Zoom meeting and, and just talk about the weekend. And things like mentoring as well, I think can be hard. It's just those informal conversations. You know, you're trying to catch a senior manager and you schedule a meeting and it gets rescheduled about five times. Whereas in person, if you see them, you can say, I've got a quick question. Here it is. Sure. And the option, I suppose, around these different sites is you can travel. And that's fine, I suppose, if it's if it's within the same city because you can just drive. There is a little bit of productivity loss. If it's a different state or a different country, you have to fly there. So that's expensive. Video meetings are the next best thing, but they're almost always scheduled, which means they're almost always have an agenda, which means they're almost always that there's an expectation of formality. You can't just schedule a meeting and, and talk about the weekend. That, that's kind of not how video meetings work at this point. Okay. And I've experienced this personally. I joined a company during COVID. It was a national company. I was based in my city and my managers and my teams were across the country. And because I joined during COVID, there were travel restrictions and I didn't meet my team for quite a bit into my role. And I found it very hard to join that culture, like to become part of that culture, to build relationships and really to get in, into my rhythm. Sure. So what I want to do is I want to install large TVs, flip them on their sides so that they're kind of in portrait style with a live feed camera and microphone in all the different remote offices of a business. So it's like you're literally looking through a window into the other office. You know, so anyone could just walk up to the screen, they can see into the office and just have a gander or they can have real time discussions. So if there's someone walking past, they can say, oh, come here for a chat and you can have a chat or you can say, I'll meet you at the window, five minutes. It could be unplanned, planned, but that's the idea. What do you think? I think that's actually fucking brilliant. I think that is so good because I've actually had this idea before, except in a residential context. So I had this, you know, just you have sort of like a, a TV in your house or, or whatever on the wall. And then this thing becomes like this portal into other friends' houses. And I would have it like you just have it like on your fridge or your, you know, you have it on the wall and your friends have this thing. But what you've done that is just brilliant is put it into the work context and to to get those meetings where you just bump into people and have that random sort of water cooler conversation. I think fantastic. And I'm I'm, I'm genuinely blown away by that application of, of, of the technology. Yeah. I was thinking about in an office situation, I've been in this situation before. I did think though you could extend it into residential, maybe for couples who are living long distance, or maybe there's families who are kind of spread across different states. I think though, from a residential or a personal standpoint, there's the issue of privacy, you know, do you want, or even it's not even that, it's it's having the TV in your home. Do you want somebody always able to see into your home? And I think even in the office context, like if people are all working from home, you don't want the same setup in your home office, I wouldn't think, because you don't want that. I think that's a bit big brothery from an office standpoint, but in an office, I think it would be acceptable. Say you've got five different offices. It might be a wall of these TVs. So literally just putting them all next to each other and each one is a portal or a window into one of these different offices. Yeah, it's fantastic. And 
Yeah, I really like the the idea of putting it in a hallway or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Just putting it in a hallway where like people walking past and they walk past and someone's just like sort of logged into the portal and they're standing there or something. And then, hey, how you going? Like, hey, Dan, how you doing? You know, once the technology gets better, you can see this becoming like a holographic thing where people can just like pop up wherever you are and then we don't even need offices. Do we even need offices? I don't know. Do we need these things anyway? I don't know. I was just thinking in your preamble, you were talking about, you know, remote workers and hybrid work. Do we even need these offices? I guess for some people to work in the office and for the HQ, but that's another question for another podcast, I think. Yeah, that, well, that, that's a big question. But but I think I found that the office environment is good for the culture building, relationship building, for those connections with managers or senior management because I found remote quite difficult. So fully remote. I think fully remote working works well if the job you're doing is relatively task orientated. So if you know your job is, I don't know, to update spreadsheets, that's relatively straightforward. But I think if your job is relationship building, which, you know, as you go up the ranks, it becomes more about relationships and, you know, influencing other people and things like that. Hmm. I think the office and that personal connection is more important. Yeah, I can see from a B2B perspective, maybe like the desirability. I think you've definitely summed up the problem and the solution. And I think it would be quite a popular product. Yeah. And there is a company in Poland that is called Portal, aptly named, uh, which is it's doing something similar, but it's connecting cities. So it's not in an office. It's more there are in public squares. And at the moment, it connects to different cities in Poland, but it's the same kind of idea. So I think there is some validation for it. And just building on that around desirability from a personal or an employee standpoint, I think this is something that people would want. It's not invading your own privacy. So that work from home situation we spoke about, it's in a public office environment. So I don't think there's anything there. And I think from an employee standpoint, this would be welcomed. As long as you're not the person that the screen is pointing on, like looking at your screen all the time. It's like being that person like in the thoroughfare or in front of the lifts. And every time someone has to leave the building, they have to walk past your desk. Mm. So as long as you're not that person, it would work. And I think on the company side of things, again, it's something that I think they would want because this this culture, this relationship building, this remote working, it has been an ongoing problem. I don't think it's really been solved. And look, I'm probably wrong there. There's probably either listeners out there or other people who have who have solved this problem or some of this problem. But I think this will go a long way to help with this. Absolutely, yeah. From a feasible standpoint, I think it's pretty straightforward. Literally, you're buying and installing the hardware. So that's a TV, a camera, a microphone, and then it's the live stream software that you're installing as part of the package. I think you'd probably start with third-party software. There's plenty out there, but over time, you'd want to look to build that yourself. Um, so you've got more control over things like the data, the features, improvements, you know, the product roadmap, things like that. So feasibly, I think this could be done pretty straightforward. And you could do it from a single city because all you really need is you need to hire a tradie or you need to hire somebody like that in the other states who can literally just install a TV in an office. Really straightforward. And from a viable standpoint, in terms of the business model and the scalability, I think, again, pretty straightforward. And you could turn a profit pretty quickly. So all you're doing is you're offering out the hardware either to be purchased or to be leased. I think lease is a good option there too because you've got potentially that ongoing recurring revenue. And then the software is probably a subscription basis. So I think really simple business model, really simple from a feasible standpoint or a technical standpoint in terms of uh, setting this up. Hmm. I think you could scale this pretty quickly because again just mentioning all you need for this to work I mean there's, there's the sales side of it so you need to onboard the companies and that but that's you know that's a part of any business and I think that's your biggest challenge actually in this business is going to be um, landing those big customers and I think there's a certain company size where this will apply and there's a number of in terms of size of the 
company, there's a minimum, right? So it's not going to work for like a small business or potentially even a medium-sized business. I just don't think there's enough people that are involved. You know, it needs to be like a thousand plus employee sort of organization for something like this to work. Yes, agree. And I mean, there are thousands, tens of thousands of businesses or even more across the world that fit into this category. You're right though. It's not going to work for a five-person business. Obviously, it needs to be multi-site. It can't just be a single office. I think you can find a way to target these companies pretty well, whether it's through digital or other marketing or through a sales, like a business development person. I mean, even as an incentive, you could offer the hardware a lot cheaper or even for free. So, you know, we do free installation. You get the hardware for free, but you need to install a minimum number of TVs and a minimum amount of time. So it might be that you need to sign up for a two-year package, you know, and obviously we work out that two-year package will more than cover the cost of mm. of the hardware and the installation. Yeah. So I think we could incentivize businesses to come on board. Yeah, definitely. That's a good value proposition you put together there. And you could even upsell on things, mitigating key risks. For example, you add in a cybersecurity subscription as well, mitigating the obvious cyber risk of a product like this, where if that sort of leak got out, People had, you know, eyes in on the organization. I don't know. I feel, I feel like that's just a little bit of an invasive thing for a company as well, especially if there's, you know, IP floating around. Yes, no, you're right. And you bring up a good point. Cybersecurity, definitely. Data, it's going to use more data. So that needs to be factored in. The cost of electricity is, is going to be absolutely minimal, but still there are some risk factors that the company would really consider. In terms of extra ideas, I got one last one. I talked about this as being like a virtual office window. You said portal, but wouldn't it be great if you could buy frames that go around the TV to actually make it look like a window? window or a mm. portal or something <laughs> like that so you can almost customize the frame or the border of the tv definitely a little upsell aesthetically pleasing love it yeah all right i think that's it for now and just in the interest of time let's get into your idea sure sure thing so i'm back on i'm still on this solving problems for myself streak where i've been living around you know traveling around and i've got a new app idea another double-sided marketplace for you so a join my hotel app right yeah so i've sort of augmented the original airbnb so airbnb B's grown into this big fat business that is now just basically the same price as hotels. Hostels are no longer cheap. They've just gone up basically to the same price of hotels because people now want the community that comes with the hostel, like the value that they're providing is so much that they have now marked up prices. So there's no actual cheap accommodation for travelers or nomads or people just staying over a weekend in another city. Like there's there's just no cheap accommodation anymore. I guess the only thing that I can think of is caravan and camping, right? Which is people going out, but even those can get expensive at times, especially in major cities if you're in the city part. So there needs to be a solution for this. Oh, let me just sum up the problem. It's basically a cheap and easy accommodation for travelers. What it is, is people who already have existing hotel rooms, you rent out the space, the tiny bit of floor in your hotel room with just like an air mattress or something. And then maybe someone comes in and just stays overnight on the air mattress on the floor. Who cares? There's facilities there. It's safe. It's it's all fine. And then that just helps them cover the cost of their hotel for maybe one of their three nights or whatever they're there or you know, a little bit of extra money for the, for the person that's um, in the hotel room. And then you know, that person gets a, a quick bed for the night. So it's the the reverse Airbnb because this is kind of what Airbnb did to hotels. It's like, well, if you've got extra space in your home, that's somewhere you can stay. So now what you're trying to do is bring it back to the hotels. So sim- in a similar vein, people who have a room for a period of time, they can then rent that or part of that room out to other people as well. Yeah, exactly. It is ridiculous to me that we have so much space that is wasted and the whole world's going through a cost of living crisis right now, including accommodation. And 
the cost of living is increasing, right? And in Australia, I've been reading that there's you know mortgage rates are also increasing, which is increasing the problem for landlords, but it's also making them increase rent, which is increasing the problem for renters, right? So then people are moving overseas, but they're just going to other bad situations. Like they'll move to America where they're also going through a cost of living crisis and there's nowhere to stay. It's like the whole world is actually experiencing this big problem with cost of living, right? And we have all this wasted space and it's really pissing me off. You know what I mean? Because you see, say, university students, for example, literally live in boxes. Some of them will live in a bunk bed with another person in a shared flat with five people for three years or four years while they finish their degree. And it's like, oh, that's actually, you know, and they get through it. It's sort of like, why are we not allowing people to share space effectively? Why are we have these big fat hotel rooms charge people like, oh, you alone have to pay $11,000 a night and we have one person minimum. It's like, and you're not allowed to rent it out to someone like that would come in. I just think, you know, obviously it's against the terms and conditions of the hotel, but it's insane. It's like literally doesn't make sense. If you were designing that from the ground up, you would not build that in. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, anyway, it's going to be really frustrating. Uh, privacy would be the, the main reason that people are doing that if I'm going somewhere, I don't want to have to worry about this random person in my room. It's the same as Airbnb, I suppose. It's the same as anything where, you know, you're you're interacting with strangers that you don't know. And particularly when in a hotel room or a sleeping situation, you're asleep and you don't know this person and what if they wake up and, you know. So I think that's part of it. You're right. I mean, I thought hostels kind of solve this already because they are this bunk bed type situation, like the uni dorm. It's, it's like a dorm, hmm. I suppose. That, that's almost the word, but that's kind of what you want is just instead of hotels, which are, yeah, a whole bunch of square meters in terms of space for one person, that space could probably be used by four, five, six people and you're all sharing the cost of that space. So it sounds like it's the like the dorm hostel situation or solution already exists, but you're saying that that too is now becoming too expensive. Uh, just, yeah, I agree. No, 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 it is. It definitely, the hostels have, have completely, because they just become this whole experience, like this travel experience, right, which people are now paying for. So that's become a whole thing. But I think privacy is a luxury, right? Yeah. And as societies, we're putting people in a situation where there's no other option. Like you only can have privacy at an expensive price and you don't even have the choice of having the non-private option. There's no solution. And so the tangent that I go on with this product is, okay, so let's extend this into office building. Why do we have these big empty office buildings? Why can't we let people just come and sleep on an air mattress? So I had this idea, I was like calling it Crash. The app is called Crash or Crashing or something, right? And it's like after a big night, you know, people are out in town or whatever and they don't want to drive home. Maybe they've had too many drinks. They just go and crash on the office floor or my friend's got a couch in his apartment. Just pay for the night, 30 bucks for the night at a random apartment, go crash on the couch, leave in the morning. I feel like that's the sentiment that was when Airbnb was first created and they've just completely gone down the absolute ridiculous pathway. Yeah. So, but you, Airbnb did start with renting a couch. I'm pretty sure that's how it started. But yeah, that's what I'm time, saying. It's like what happened to that product? Like you, you go on Airbnb now, it's like, like, oh, come sleep in our fucking castle and pay $11,000 for six rooms. And then you're like, okay, now let's go for the let's go for the cheaper problem. And it's like glamping. You're sleeping in the country. You're glamping and it's going to cost you $5,000 to sleep in a tent with some lanterns. I think though, like any business or product over time, as it gets more popular, as supply and demand increases, prices are going to go up. Like people are coming more competitive. You know, they're offering extra, they're offering particular themes to try and get different people in. But I think even something like this and because hostels are the good example so they were cheap and they were doing this but why have the prices gone up and would this also go up over time i think it's the general increase in cost of living over time which is the challenge here as well which is obviously super super hard and complex to solve what about 
something along these lines. And producer Rodney has put forward a, a great idea around pod hotels. So, you know, those sleeping pods. Have you seen uh, the movie Fifth Element? Yeah. And they, they just have the effect, effectively a door that you slide into and you can sleep. What if you could have something like that and you just had almost a wall of them going up and, I don't know, a ladder or something to get up there. And then on the opposite wall or or behind it, you had lockers so you could put any possessions and things like that. Mm -hmm. What about something like that? Because that is literally the minimum space that you need to sleep. Do you think something like that could work? Yeah, I think it could definitely work. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, But, you know, that's building new infrastructure. Which is actually the, a challenge. So I think it's a great idea, but it's you could go down that route and you could build new infrastructure. I totally get it, but it's not using our existing space and being efficient, which is the sort of what I was sort of going after is using the our existing wasted space because just for for just ridiculous reasons. For example, if we were to do something like this, obviously you'd need hotels and you need to partner with the hotels and you'd need their permission, right? And you know, to to technically what we're doing, subletting, you know, a little bit of the space or whatever. Yeah, and so. I guess the legality, yeah, it's like, no, they don't really have a reason other than, you know, safety or not understanding who the person is. But I feel like that's an easy solve with a with, you know, quick verification check these days that you can do. Basically, every app these days has like a verification. Even Facebook, even social media these days is making you only use one name and get verified. So I think the actual identity issue is getting solved these days with, you know, tech. So on that note, I'll just um, push on in the interest of time. So I think there's definitely a community for this and it would be in demand with particularly traveling people to start. But I think you could go into other markets like, you know, people crashing after a night out and that sort of thing as well. Could work in most economies, I think, as well and most cultures. So no sort of cultural risks. Uh, in terms of feasibility, again, two-sided marketplace, I think we could definitely pull that together from a technical perspective. Monetization strategy, what I want to do is I want to take a clip of ticket. So you rent out the hotel, maybe we take 3% or something like that, or you pretty much want to push the cost people that are buying the original hotel somehow because those are the people that are you know spending the bulk money rather than the person looking for the cheap sort of accommodation i think again yeah very scalable and yeah the biggest issues are the legal and regulatory which i think we've already covered i mean you know getting the partnership with a big hotel if, if you wanted to do this on a large scale straight away you know doing something with like a, a large brand would be ideal i don't know what a large sort of mid-tier brand would be maybe like a ibis or something like a business brand or something like even businesses and conferences and i think this is how airbnb started as well you know, there was a conference and they had a friend with a room that was near a big convention center and they did it during a conference and someone came and slept on the mattress. And it's like, why is that not just common? Like I would pay, do you know what I mean? I don't want to pay like hundreds of dollars. I just want to pay 20 bucks or 30 bucks for one night on an air mattress. I'll even bring my own air mattress. Like I don't need anything. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, sorry. It's just like a problem. It's just really frustrating just to watch. Do you know what I mean? And, and actually, I just want to add something else around, you know, the, the thought, the other thought I had around utilizing spaces around the office building. Hotels is one, couches is one, and then office buildings is the other one. So these are the three things we're not using effectively. And I did see there's a company, I don't know the name of it, but they did raise I think like 11 million US or something to launch like a company that's goal is to transform office buildings into accommodation. So I think there are people getting into this space. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I I think the office building is an interesting one as well. You're touching on a problem that is a a huge problem, this cost of living um, accommodation, you know, rental crisis I, I think you this kind of touches on a larger problem and i know you're talking about the travel market more specifically but you know there's it's part of a broader problem i think um the office one is an interesting one because you're right there is huge huge amounts of space in offices and if employees you know why can't employees stay there? and obviously twitter or x now they've almost demanded that employees stay there to some extent right so 
not in a forced way, but the option of, yeah, setting up a bed, I suppose, if, you know, one from a travel standpoint, if you are traveling to a different city to work for a couple of days, why couldn't you stay in the office? And if there was an option, a meeting room or something where you could stay in the office. And I think security and things like that are probably part of that concern. Maybe even, again, I don't know if there's any legal issues around somebody sleeping in an office, like it's a commercial premises. Are they allowed to have people staying there? Yeah. I imagine that probably you can, just you just can't pay for it. Like that's like a council thing. It's, it's a council thing or a city thing, like they're turning on the rules of the, that particular zoning of the area. Like is it a residential zone? Just insane rules that are just archaic, basically, that have no, just haven't adapted to the modern world. Yeah, you're right. I think we should tackle that in our separate series around the rental crisis soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, that was the idea. Two-sided marketplace. Boom. I think that's the pod. Great. Love it. I think we're done. Yep. Let's go. See you later. See you, buddy.